It's good to see each of you this morning. If you would, turn to the book of Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes chapter 7. Ecclesiastes chapter 7. And if by chance one of the kiddos that is sitting by you this morning has some paperwork from Sunday school, politely take it from their possession. That way they're not playing with it and crumpling it up throughout the service and being a distraction to anyone. But uh, trust that we'll have a good service today and the Lord's going to bless, all right? All right, let's go to the Lord in prayer, then we will get started. Father, it is good to be in your house today, and Lord, we are thankful for your salvation. We're thankful, Lord, for what you did for each of us who have called upon you to be our Savior. And Lord, I pray that if there's one in here today who has never called upon you to save them, God, that today would be the day that they would trust in you, that they'd place their faith, their confidence in you, that they'd repent of their sin and be saved. God, I pray that uh, you would bless this time uh, with the young people in our presence this morning. It is good to have them, and we're thankful for them, and I pray that even the youngest to the oldest would get something from the sermon today and be benefited by it. I pray these things now in Jesus' name. Amen. So last week, we were in Ecclesiastes chapter 7, and we looked in verse number 5, where Solomon made the statement that it is better to hear the rebuke of the wise than for a man to hear the song of fools. And so what Solomon declared is this, is that it is better for us and it is more profitable for us, it is to our advantage to be rebuked by a wise person, even though it may sting, it is better to go through that and to experience that than to constantly hear the song or the praise from fools, those who really don't know what they're talking about. And though that is best for us, I tried to remind us what our tendency is, what our instinct is. We tend to reject people who correct us. We tend to get upset at people who would tell us we've done something wrong, and we like to scoot closer and migrate toward the people who tell us we're good, who tell us we're okay. The only problem with that is this, is we will never become the person we're supposed to be if the only people we listen to are the ones who tell us we're good. You and I need correction. You and I need rebuke. Is it painful? Of course it is. But it is needed and it is necessary. That in mind, this morning I want to share a story with you. I don't know how long the story is going to take just going to get through it as quick as I can, and there's a point in this that I want us to think about, that I want us to give attention to. Eighteen years ago, Susie and I had moved from Springfield, Missouri to Tulsa, Oklahoma. I was on staff at a church there in Tulsa called Eastland Baptist Church. It was a fairly large church, and so as a staff member of that church, I had different assignments and different responsibilities, but one of my responsibilities was to be the Sunday school teacher for the class that was called the college and career class. And all that meant was this, is that these were single people who had graduated from high school and they were either attending college or they were starting their careers in the workforce or they were lazy bums living at dad and mom's house still. I don't know what all the scenarios were for everyone, but in general that was the idea. They were out of high school and they were moving on in that next chapter of life. And because it was a larger church, the Sunday school class that I taught usually had around 30 young people in it, which is a decent size. But there were some people that I had a heart for that I really wanted to reach. And it was some of the young people who had graduated from high school 
but had dropped out of church for different reasons. And so there were several young guys that I would try to meet with on, a, on an occasion here and there, and I'd try to have lunch with them, and I'd try to, you know, be friends with them, but at the same time, I'd try to challenge them in the realm of spiritual things. And so one of the young men that I tried to get to know and I tried to invest in was a young man by the name of Robert. All right, Robert had grown up in that church, but he had seen some things and he had experienced some things in his life that by the time he graduated high school... He was angry, and he was bitter at God, and he wanted nothing to do with God or the things of God. Now, you may say, what could have possibly happened in that young man's life that would make him angry or bitter at God? So it's very simple what happened. At the age of 12, he was on a trip with the church that was a father-son trip, and he watched his dad drown in the Illinois River. So as a result of standing on the bank watching his dad drown as a result of their canoe capsizing, what Robert determined in his mind was this, is how could a loving God let something like that happen to me and to my family? And so as I'm a young man myself, fresh to the ministry, I'm having conversations with this young man, trying to find an inroad with him, and he's asking me questions like that. And frankly, at that stage of life, it was no more different then than it is now. I don't have an answer for that kind of a question. Why does God allow this to happen? Why does God allow this to take place? And, and the bottom line is this. I, I don't know why it happened, Robert, but I do know this that you need to be in the house of God. You need to be serving the Lord. And I would just challenge him every time we got together, Robert, you know what's right. You know what you ought to be doing. You know how you ought to be living. Come on, Robert, let's do this. Well, I never had the impact on Robert's life that I had hoped to have. But I remember one Saturday night, the phone rang. I didn't answer the phone. I was engaged in something else. And Susie answered the phone, and I already had my pajamas on for the night. And Susie came to me and she said, listen, Robert's brother just called and he's been shot. He's at this hospital and his family thought you would want to know. So immediately I changed clothes, I got dressed, I got down to the hospital and I sat with the family in the waiting room until he came out of surgery. I was able to see him, though he was not really responsive because of everything that he had been through by way of the shooting and by way of the trauma that it took on his body or the toll that it took on his body. And we later found out what provoked the whole situation. He was at a restaurant, and someone said something to him that he didn't appreciate. So rather than letting it go, Robert, with his bitterness and his anger, he had to respond. Well, guess what? He just so happened to respond in anger and in bitterness to someone who was just as angry and as bitter toward life as he was. And so the result was this. Robert was nearly killed in that shooting because of how the bullet did its damage. And another man's life was destroyed because of the attempted murder that he now faced. And so two lives were changed forever for this reason. Both had quick tempers short fuses, and they behaved like fools. That's the bottom line. They were angry. They were bitter. They had frustrations. They had irritations. 
I don't know what all was brewing in Robert's life, and I certainly don't know what all was brewing in the life of that other individual. But I know this, that because of their quick temper, because of their short fuses, because they could easily be riled up, they acted the fool. And both of them nearly destroyed their lives. Now, I tell us all that this morning for this reason. We're going to look in one verse of Scripture. I'm not going to say anything to us this morning that we've not heard before. But I promise you this message is more needed than we'd like to admit. Because it is a struggle with many of us, though it may not ever manifest itself in the way that it did with Robert and the man who shot him. But notice in Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse number 9, what Solomon said. He said, Be not hasty in thy spirit to be angry. Be not hasty in thy spirit to be angry. Whenever Solomon uses the word hasty, what does that word mean? Well, it means this, to do something quickly or to do something with a a sense of speed. It's got the idea of doing something rapidly associated with it. So we understand what haste means, do we not? We mean or we understand it to mean that, that it happens and it happens quickly. It's not like it has to develop. It's not like it has to to simmer for a while. No, this is something that can be turned on almost immediately, kind of like Robert's anger toward the person who said something to him that he didn't appreciate. And so here's what Solomon said. He said, Be not hasty in thy spirit to be angry. And so this this morning, rather, I want us to think what it means to be angry. It means this, to have wrath. It, It means to have this strong emotion that comes or that is the fruition of one being wronged or one feeling as though they've been offended. So we understand what it means to be angry, do we not? It means to to have this wrath dwell up or to rise up within us because we feel as though we've been wronged or we've been offended. And what Solomon said is this, is be not hasty in this area of anger. Now, as he made that statement, I don't want us to bypass a few simple words. He said, Be not hasty in thy spirit to be angry. Be not hasty in thy spirit to be angry. What does it mean when Solomon references the spirit of man? He's referencing our inner man, is he not? He's referencing the individual and who they are internally, okay? He's talking about a person's mind. He's talking about a person's spirit. He is talking about a person's disposition, their overall approach to life. Whenever Solomon said, be not hasty in the area of anger... He wasn't just talking about the people who get mad and get in fights and end up getting shot. He said, even in your spirit, just internally, just the part that no one even sees or really knows about, he said, even when it comes to the subject of anger, don't allow yourself to be quickly angered in your spirit. 
Now, I wish Solomon hadn't said that. For this reason, I was raised in a pretty level-headed environment. The way that I was raised, I've seen my dad really, really angry that I can remember two or three times. Now, I know that he was frustrated on many occasions. I know that he was irritated on many occasions. But I mean, the times that my dad was really, really angry, I can remember every occasion. And it was about two or three times. And, and here is what was true, even when my dad was furious. His voice never got above a certain level. He never yelled, he never stomped, he never stormed around. And it's not the way he expressed himself. And, and my mom, I don't know why she wasn't that way, but she was not that way either. She didn't scream, she didn't yell, she'd raise her voice more than dad did. But, but still, I, I didn't grow up in an environment where there was a lot of yelling and a lot of screaming and a lot of tension like that. And so as a result of my upbringing, that's not who I am. And so all I mean by that is this, is if you were to come to our house in our worst moments, though Susie and I may be angry at each other, you're not going to hear us yelling and screaming and throwing all sorts of fits at each other. That's not how we operate. That's not how we express ourselves. You understand this? Okay, some of you don't understand it, but, but you need to. That's not how we express ourselves. We, we don't yell and scream at our kids. We don't yell and scream, threatenings, you know, threaten them and, and say, if you don't, I'm going to, and bless God, and you know, the neighbors have to worry about hearing that. That's not who we are. So if Solomon had said nothing about the Spirit, then I could have said, hey, I've got this one. You know what I mean? If Solomon had just stayed away from that whole spirit side of things, I could have said, man, I feel sorry for people like Robert who are so easily offended, who get upset so quick, who act the fool, who do stupid things and get themselves shot. If he hadn't said anything about the spirit, I could look at the man who shot Robert and say, you know, it's a pity that you allowed yourself to be that, or allowed yourself to be that angered that quickly that you would ruin your life forever because of that. But see, when Solomon threw in this subject of our spirit, you know what he did without realizing it? He said, Kyle, I'm talking to you. Because here's what I know. Though I do not yell and scream, though I do not throw fits, Though it will never or has, I don't want to say will never, but though it has never been able to be said of me that Kyle had a meltdown and a tantrum, I know how many times it could be said of me. He quickly, hastily became angry in his spirit. You probably can't identify with that, can you? You would have no idea what it means, do you, to, to get angry quickly internally? You may not be able to identify with that, but for those who may, let me ask you if it looks something like this. Everything is fine, everything is good, but the moment you've been offended... And the moment you feel as though you've been wronged, internally, your fuse has been lit. And immediately, the blood pressure begins to rise, 
and immediately you're ready to lash out. You ever been there? You know, you're just driving down the road with your spouse. You're just driving down the road and everything's good and everything's okay. And, and I mean, something comes up by way of conversation. And, and, and all of a sudden, that conversation's going somewhere that you didn't plan on that conversation going. And, and that fast, they've said something that all of a sudden you didn't appreciate. And I mean, just that quick driving down the road, you went from enjoying a wonderful drive with your spouse to you are fuming now inside. Because of what this idiot just said to you. Have you ever been there? Isn't it amazing how hasty we can become angry in our spirit? We didn't turn and look at our spouse and start yelling at them and start screaming at them and saying, Let me out of the car. I'm not going a step further with you, you jerk. We didn't do that. But on the inside, oh man. Bring it. I mean, that's what we're saying, right? We're we're ready to fight. Because internally, they messed with our spirit. And that fast, we got angry. Isn't it amazing? Just think about this. I don't know if you can relate to this or not, but isn't it amazing? One moment you're looking at your precious kids saying, Lord, thank you so much for the kids you've given me. God, you have blessed me so much with the kids you've given me. And then all of a sudden you hear them in the back room do something, and that fast you're thinking, what are those dumb kids up to now? Come on, parents. We didn't go in there yelling and screaming and guns blazing, but all of a sudden that fast we're we're angry. We're mad, we're upset, we're bothered, we're irritated. Listen, if it doesn't happen at the house, let me ask you something. How often does it happen at work? Your day was going well, things were going fine, and, 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 and all of a sudden someone at work said something, did something, made a remark, whatever it may have been, and I mean within a split second, your spirit is now riled up. You ever been there? Has it ever happened to you at a restaurant? Has it ever happened to you just in a store, driving down the road, whatever it may be? Isn't it amazing how quickly we can be angered? Isn't it amazing how you can come to church and everything was fine and one person at church says something to you that you didn't appreciate and all of a sudden in your spirit you're mad at them? At church? Yes, at church. Has it ever happened? I know it's happened. And that's why I said a few moments ago, I'll say nothing new, but this is more needed than we realize. Listen, this this issue of anger in the Spirit, it is serious because many times that is where we're going to deal with our anger. That is where we're going to deal with our frustrations. Someone has said something, someone has done something that we do not appreciate, and that fast, I mean, just with the simple action of another person, we are angered. And Solomon said, Be not hasty in thy spirit to be angry. Now he explains why he has said this in verse number 9. He said, For anger resteth in the bosom of fools. 
For anger. What does it mean for? It means because. It means anger resteth or lays down or resides or finds a dwelling place in the bosom or the life of a fool. What is a fool? Well, the fool is the stupid person, right? Let's, let's listen to this. The fool is the stupid person. The fool is the one who doesn't have any discretion, who doesn't have any discernment, who doesn't have any understanding, okay? Now, here's what Solomon said. He said that anger, here is where it finds a place to rest. Here is where it finds a place to reside. It finds a place to reside in the bosom or in the life of the, of the fool, the dullard, the ignorant person, the stupid person who doesn't know what to do. I'm not trying to be inappropriate with what I'm about to say, but I want us to think about this in terms we can all understand. And that is this. Stupid people do stupid things. Right? I mean, if you need to soften it up a little bit, we can just say this. Not so smart people do not so smart things. Okay. Fools are going to do foolish things. And so what Solomon said is this, is you do not want to be hasty in your spirit to anger or to become angry. Even in your spirit, you want to make sure that you are slow to anger, that you are slow to wrath. For this reason, anger finds its dwelling place in the lives of fools. And if a person allows themselves to be angry, even internally, then you know what's going to happen? Because the person is a fool, the fool is going to do foolish things. Because that's where the anger lives. So you sit here this morning and you say to yourself something like this, well, Brother Kyle, listen. You tell that story about Robert getting shot, and it's because he had a short fuse, a quick temper, and he played the fool. I would never do something like that. First of all, we need to be careful to say we would never do something like what Robert did, because here's what I know. I know that I've gotten very angry many times on the road just because of somebody doing something I didn't appreciate, and if not for the grace of God, I could do some really stupid things. Okay, so I'm not going to sit here and say I could never do it, but I would say this, I would hope I would never do such a thing. But I, I want us to think about this maybe in terms that we could more easily identify with. All right, if, if I allow myself to quickly or hastily be angry, even though it's internal, if that is how I allow myself to operate, you know what's going to happen? Well, that anger is going to prove my foolishness. And as a result of allowing myself to be an angry person internally, quickly, here's what will happen, is that foolishness will manifest itself because that foolishness is a part of my life, which means I will do stupid, foolish things because of my anger. And I will never do anything foolish, motivated out of anger, that will be a help to anyone. You understand this? Think about it from this perspective. And just know we're not going to be here a lot longer. I, I, just, I want us to think about this, and I want us to, to see if it applies to us. 
How many of us have ever been offended? We've been wronged. It's happened internally. And we've quickly become angry. And we acted the fool. And we began hurting people around us. You ever done it? You didn't pull out the gun and start firing off rounds. But how many of us have ever gotten angry with the ones that we love? And because we just kind of accepted that that's who we are and that's how we operate and that's how we function, we've acted the fool and we have hurt terribly the spouse that we say that we love so much. Is this making sense? Or is this just something that's happened at my house and, and I'm the odd one? You said something that I didn't appreciate, honey. You've made me mad on the inside. And because I allowed myself to, to operate that way, here's what happened. Because it was so easy for me to be offended and so easy for me to be upset, I immediately lashed out at you and said something foolish or did something foolish. And now, because of my quick temper, I've hurt the one that I love. And now the, the mess has to be cleaned up, so to speak, because of what my anger did. Have we ever crushed our kids because of our anger? And we played the fool? I mean, it, it just worked perfectly. I mean, Satan gave us the bait. He allowed us to get irritated. He allowed us to get upset. Or, or he didn't allow it. He helped us to do it, you know, by, by putting certain things in front of us. And we took the bait. And I mean, that fast, we're upset now with the kids. And, and because we're upset and we're not paying attention to our spirit, all of a sudden we begin to lash out and say things and respond in ways that we would not, we, we would not want anyone else to see. And then we've got kids who are crushed by what we've just done to them. It happens. I wonder how many times our testimony has been greatly affected because internally we became angry and rather than processing it the way that we should and just immediately saying, wait, what, what, wait, hold on, I'm not going to let that get me that upset. Rather than responding appropriately, we got mad and we started saying things that we shouldn't say or doing things that we shouldn't do and behaving in ways that Christians ought not behave. There are those who struggle with such an issue. Solomon said, Be not hasty in thy spirit to be angry, for or because anger resteth resides, lies down, finds a place to, to dwell in the bosom of fools. And when there's foolishness that is manifested with anger, we are going to do dumb things with our anger, and we're going to hurt people and destroy lives and maybe even destroy our own lives. just want to ask us this morning, 
to consider a very simple question. And I just want you to be honest about it. Ask yourself how easily you can be riled up internally. How easy is it for you to go from completely fine to completely not fine by way of your attitude, your spirit, your emotions, your anger, your wrath? Well, what does it take? Because if we can be easily and quickly angered, then that reveals foolishness in our lives. And that foolishness is going to manifest itself in doing things, in responding in ways that are foolish, that will never help anyone else and will always hurt us. It's something we need to work on if we struggle with it. If you don't struggle with this, it's a wonderful, it's a, it's a wonderful thing. But if you have any understanding at all of what I'm talking about this morning, it is not something to take lightly. It is not something to just overlook. And I would say this, don't just sit here and assume you don't struggle with it. It's more prevalent, I think, than what many of us may like to admit. Are you hasty in the manner or in the realm of becoming angry? even in your spirit. If you're hasty in that, you need to ask the Lord to help you because otherwise it will manifest itself in ways that hurt people and hurt you. And it's always a mess. Let's all stand this morning and bow our heads for prayer. Fathers, I come to you this morning. God, I know that the message is simple. I know that the truth is something that we are familiar with. We are well acquainted with it. And yet, Lord, it's, again, very needed in the lives of so many of us. And Lord, I think sometimes, maybe not for everyone, but I think sometimes it is just such a part of our lives to be quick-tempered, to be easily outraged that so many times we don't think about the consequences of it and what it's doing to others and to ourselves. And so I pray that you'd help us today to be honest about our spirit and how easily we are angered and upset and what that might be producing or is producing in our lives when that happens. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.